Once I got back to the office last night, couldn't get that goddamn smell out of my head. Oatmeal cookies. Those cookies, they made me think of Vivian. They only ever make me think of her. It's not just a regular cookie smell. It's hard to explain, but it's like there's a little bit of her perfume in them. Not on purpose, it's not like she'd add it to the recipe or anything weird like that. It's just that when she made cookies, she rolled the dough by hand. And as a natural byproduct, some of her would become part of the cookie and... Do you see what I mean? There's no cookie smell like it. So why would I smell it at Jessie's? Was that the last thing she did in the apartment? Bake cookies? Some of our last good times were over cookies. Vivian and me, I mean. She knew how they calmed me down. I wish they still could. Episode 2, Raindrops Keep Falling. It was really coming down outside today. God, it seemed like it's been raining ever since we found Jesse's apartment empty. I think the rain is why the two detectives who showed up earlier to search the place left almost as soon as they got here. I even heard the taller detective, the one with the 5 o'clock shadow and the handlebar mustache, say, Let's go in so we can get back. Like, it was a chore or an errand. Just something to do before he could go get a beer. I wanted you to know because I think the next time something like this happens, God forbid, I mean, we maybe go with the actual police, not this agency that was in the handbook. Maybe you vetted them and maybe they used to be good, but now, I'm sorry for questioning your methods and stuff. I'm just spitballing here, I ignore me. Let's get back to today. While they searched Jesse's apartment, I stood back in the parking lot. I didn't want to crowd them. Vivian used to say that I crowded her. And like I said, the cookie smell had me thinking a lot about her, about all those little things that she used to say. As I stood outside waiting for them to wrap up, the rain beat against my old golf umbrella like a tiny drum. Like any second, one of those drops would break through the nylon and give me a shower. Rain wasn't the only thing falling that day. I noticed the force of the wind and the rain would knock these small pink flowers off the trees next to the building and they'd float down to the cars, dusting them with color and pollen. I looked up and I watched. Oh, shit, I can't remember his name now. Um, I'll call him Mustache and his partner's called Cherry. That name I didn't forget. They were having a conference in the stairwell. Cherry must have felt my eyes on her because she shot me a look that made me turn away fast. I felt my cheeks get hot with embarrassment, like I'd been spying on her. That's when I saw these pedals on the car move. They moved. And not just from the rain or the wind, but on their own. Sort of like the mold underneath Francine's sink. When I moved closer to the car, I saw that they weren't flower petals. They were insects, like none that I'd ever seen before. These crawlers have tendrilled legs and six, maybe seven eyes. They're almost spider-like, but because their legs are all coiled up, it's not easy for them to move, so they don't seem threatening like spiders do. 
The raindrops dripped down the car windshield, and I watched a couple of those crawlers drag their coiled bodies toward the flowing water and throw themselves into the stream to catch a ride back to the ground. I ran inside, back in here to the office, to grab my phone so I could take a picture of them, but by the time I had returned, they'd all washed away. Like they were never there. Have you seen anything like that before? Are they native to Split Oak? I'd never seen them before. Cookies and Crawlers The memory of Vivian and the baked goods that soothed my soul and captured my heart started competing for headspace with those mystery bugs. Vivian liked bugs. She likes bugs. When we were first dating, she'd read about them, study them. She'd get excited when some insect show was coming through our local science museum. Of course, I just loved watching her watching them. That's what got me. She would never kill him either. Ever. If she ever saw someone with a rolled up magazine stalking a spider or even a fly, she'd swipe it out of their hand and bop them over the head with it. She did that to me once. Bop me on the head. When I think back, I find it endearing, and I should have then too, in the moment, but all I ever felt like was that she was patronizing me. I'd take the magazine from her hand and I'd send it across the... <clears throat> I would love to know what she would make of these crawlers. She was always asking questions. Curious to a fault, I didn't get it a lot and I thought that she asked things that she shouldn't. Not when it came to bugs, but those narrowing eyes could charm or they could cut. That was her gift, is her gift. I have to say that something else rattled me about the detectives. This'll sound weird in a night full of weird, but they didn't seem at all concerned about me. My alibi, I mean. Okay, just let me be clear, so there's no questions, I had nothing to do with Jesse's disappearance. I think that obviously speaks for itself, and you'll definitely get a detailed log of where I was the past couple of weeks. But I'm only saying it's weird that a super with a master key isn't of interest to them at all. They didn't say a thing about any of that, and the stuff they did ask, well, it really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Firstly, they were really, what's the word, brusque. Pleasantry free. I think brusque is the right word. But my kid Benny was always the wordsmith. Cherry did all of the talking. First, it went the way you'd expect. The way Hollywood lays it out. Who found the apartment empty? Where does she live? Is this everything that was found on the porch? What did Jesse do for a living? Who came by the place? Etc, etc. Just the facts. Mustache did the writing. Though... It looked like his pencil was jumping all over the place like he was sketching me rather than writing my answers down. That really stuck with me. That and the mustache, of course. But then Cherry started asking things that seemed out of the blue. She asked if things felt off balance in the complex. Off balance? I said. Yeah, she sighed. Like a first grade teacher at the end of her rope. Misaligned. Was it harder to get your work done? Was there more dogs barking or whimpering than usual? Do you feel any sort of general unease? It got weirder. Cherry then asked what kind of things grew around the places that Jesse would visit in the complex. Out of the ground, she clarified. I don't know, I said. Just regular things, I guess. Did certain colors ever make you feel unusually emotional on days you serviced her apartment? I shook my head, no. And have you ever heard strange music coming from her window on very cool nights? 
Again, I had to shake my head no. I thought my answers were far too boring for the masterpiece mustache was still scrawling all over his notepad. Before they left, I added that. According to her friends, Jessie was a great young woman who seemed to love life and captured it on a canvas. That didn't seem to move the needle at all for Cherry and Mustache. I wasn't sure where all of this was going. I wanted to check their credentials again. They did flash them quickly, though it all looked official enough, I guess. But anyway, what was all of that? And what was with the tick that Cherry had? Not the bugs, again. I mean, she kept pressing her finger up along her right temple. Almost with every question. Soothing the skin a bit. Like, it wasn't quite the perfect fit. It would pull her eyelid up at the corner, and I think I caught a glimpse of something like a burst vessel. Something red and tenderly. I keep seeing that shape. Was it a tactic to throw a suspect off balance? Does that make me a suspect, or did she not even know she was doing it? Hold on. Who is that? I'm almost positive that was Mustache. Again, I can't be 100% positive with the rain and the spotty lighting outside, but the handlebar action is distinct. One of the clubhouse floodlights was throwing up a drenched silhouette, a bulbous trench coat with whiskers. He was by the rent deposit box, outside the clubhouse lobby, and he was leaning down in front of it and running his fingers along it, like he was looking for a way in. And then he popped straight back up and did this weird elaborate movement with his right hand. I can't describe it exactly. I mean, you ever seen someone do a secret Freemason handshake with the Invisible Man? Because I think I have. And then a compartment below the rent check slot that I didn't even know existed popped open. Why is that there? Should it be there? He removed something from it. It was too far away, but it looked long and slender. It was like a jewelry box or a case for fancy pens or pencils. And after he pulled it out, he quickly grabbed one in like he was about to drop it or like something inside tried to get out. Then he got in the car, parked right nearby, and left. I should have gone out there. I should have protected that box with my life, right? But the whole thing didn't feel right. Like, it wasn't for me. I know that's the sprinkles on top of this crazy Sunday of a night here, but something kept me from running out there and chasing him off like that possum on Mr. Henderson's porch. These are the guys you vetted, and maybe you know about that secret Indiana Jones compartment. With all due respect, are there things that I need to know about this place? I want to cooperate with Mustache and Cherry, but I want to make sure I know how. And I want to find Jesse. Maybe I'll go back to that building tomorrow. I haven't been there much since Jesse moved in. Come to think of it, I haven't been there much since the renovators took over. Jesse heard about that, but didn't like the idea of a tragedy keeping her from the place. She said it deserved a second chance. God, where is she? It's like a song that I can't get out of my head. I'm about to start looking into this myself. <laughs>